You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. You know, I don't like to shave. At least I didn't like to shave. Jesus Christ. Shaving to me (laughs) was a chore. But you know what I did? What you did? I leveled up my shave, Chris. I went to wizardsupply.store <gasps> and I got a mage blade. And you know another thing I love about... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say another thing I love about shaving with a safety eraser <laughs> is that your face... You know, when you squeegee clean a mirror or a window and it just gets so clean and you get that bead, that line of water. My face does that now with the safety razor, right? Like it gets so close that it's literally just pulling moisture, squeegeeing moisture across my face. It's amazing. With these little lines that get left of. Oh dude. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some razor recommendations later on. Yeah, and you can like if you try a double open comb, it's different. I don't, it's different. I don't know what that means. So there's a there's razors. Your razor head you have the safety bar on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, there's something called a double open comb. So it looks like the head of the razor, the bottom piece and the top piece are almost forks. Okay, there it's a bunch of teeth, and they call it an open comb. So uh, regular open comb is typically the bottom piece, the safety bar would have that. Um, A double open comb is where the top and the bottom have it. And they actually offer an extremely mild shave that leaves lots of lather on your face. Why the difference? Why the difference in... Why why, Why shave with that as opposed to the one I'm shaving with now? It's just different. Okay. Variety is the spice of life when it comes to shaving my Is it? It is. So I have two I have two straight razors that I use regularly and one that I almost never use. And the two that I use regularly are by the same company, but the uh the blade is a different shape, so they shave very, very differently. And then with my safety razors, I probably have fourteen, fifteen, twenty, I don't know. I have a bunch. And they all shave different. Yeah, I, I think if the audience feels like they missed part of a conversation, it's because they did. <laughs> you did. Um, okay, so shout out to Cape Cod, blah, 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 uh, or Cape Cod Shaving, I'm sorry. This uh, the, the shaving thing brought a listener to the podcast. That's surreal. That's something that we talked about, and I don't know if the mics picked it up, so that happened. A yeah, listener we had a technical you, problem. Yeah, yeah, a listener told you audio quality was fucked yeah, up. Yeah, so Keith Slutbag... Uh, texted me and he's, he's, uh, he's the only, he's the only pedophile I know that fucks grandmas. Anyway, I'm kidding. He's not a pedophile. Oh, he is an old lady fucker though. Uh, any which way. So Keith Slutbag reached out to me and he's like, Hey, you know, audio, audio quality. The last episode sucked, but I really dug the Wilford Brimley joke. Okay. Hold that. Hold that. 
So this dude sends me a picture of Wilfred Brindley. <laughs> <laughs> In our conversation. Oh, yes. nice. The Cape Cod shaving guy did. Oh, uh, Wilfred Brindley. It was funny as fuck, dude. And I was like, that's my daughter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, and you were saying before we had technical difficulties about how surreal it is when you have someone, uh, who fought, found you, discovers you on Instagram, yeah, discovers you through wizards, Wizard, uh, wizard supply shaving, wiz, wizard supply dot store, your shaving, your shaving gear company, which uh-huh. I did a wonderful advertisement for that you probably missed out on. Hopefully it got, I recorded. hope we got it. So, but yeah, that's the good. I actually did a live when I interviewed, uh, a guy named Seppi Yoon. I did a I did a quick bit for wizardsupply.store as well. Oh, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no. Any which way. So we were talking about how this guy, uh, what was his name? Cape Cod? Cape Cod Shaving. Cape Cod Shaving. That's, that's his uh, YouTube channel and his Instagram handle, so you can find him there. Right. So Cape Cod Shaving. Periods between each word. Cape dot. Cod dot shaving. Gotcha. Go on. So he uh, he reaches out to you and says, "Hey, you know, I discovered who wears the pants yeah. because I discovered your shaving. Yeah, you're shaving, you're shaving stuff, and just how interesting it is running into people virtually in life. But then you were telling an anecdote that oh. you didn't get to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About how uh, entertain the geeky when you were doing mm-hmm. that regularly with uh, the serial killer Roger Wayne Moss." You that that uh, because you've got to, it's like a tribe called Quest. You got to say the whole thing. So he worked for a vending machine company. Perfect serial killer job, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah. For you get sure. to travel from business to business, yeah. finding victims. I mean, yeah. come on. And you're the lo- you're a loved person because you get to give the people the snacks that are about to go bad, and it's like, here, take this. Yeah. Now meet me in the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> no one will ever see you again. <laughs> Anywho, so he was at a. Uh, he was doing a delivery or something and he walks in and he said, he's like, dude, there there's people listening to our show here. He's like, there's fucking four guys around the computer. He said it was like three or four guys. He goes, there's these guys around the computer and I hear our voices coming through it. He's like, and it was just fucking bizarre. And he's like, he goes, I didn't even say anything. He, he's like, I'm just sitting there like, that's me. That's me. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome, dude. It's weird, too, because you'll have friends. Like, I have a friend that listens to the show, and I've forgotten it. And uh, I saw him at a magic event, and I was like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Chris, I know. I listen to your show. Shout out Brian, Brian Johannemeyer. Mm. But, yeah, weird stuff, man. It's it's funny because it is an intimate conversation between us while we're recording it. But we do share it. Yeah. So the, the fact that it's out there shouldn't surprise me. It's just, I guess, the fact that somebody actually gives a shit. It's wild. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. But uh, the uh, what you, was on you, the agenda? You, you oh, were high. My marijuana. Oh yeah. Yeah, you were high. Well, let's talk about my marijuana card. Well, transition. Oh, into too that. easy. Okay. Yeah, because so I have my medical marijuana card now for the state of Missouri. And it was interesting to me because I I fill out the the application. Uh huh. I get an appointment with the doctor. Yeah. Was the, it a phone appointment? 
It was a virtual appointment, so I could see him. But yeah, we we did through you know <laughs> dot rx dot doctor dot safe secure HIPAA is an open like goatee's anus sort of thing. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean it was very very brief. My appointment was four minutes. Yeah. And essentially, it's just confirming everything that I applied, everything that I had submitted on my application. You got anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, you probably well, need no, weed. I, I Depression was the was the thing I huh. went with. Okay, okay, okay. Because that is a well-documented thing, both medically and for uh, for medication. And I, I get take. migraines. Uh, well, and I have back pain, but that, they don't, you just need the one. Speaking of <laughs> which, man, fuck, I know it's a tangent, but there is a great... Twice. It's fucking twice. <laughs> there is a great key and peel skit where it <laughs> goes in to get weed. <laughs> and he's just like, so you're uh you what kind of problems? He's like AIDS. How much fucking gas was trapped in your body? <laughs> Did you swallow the weed? <laughs> What the fuck? Like, dude, were you taking puffs and instead of inhaling, you were swallowing? Dude, was this some time release shit okay. that you're trying? Okay. Tuberculosis. He <laughs> <laughs> keeps saying, I just keep outlandish things. He's like, you don't have to. Do you have back pain? That it's it's okay. You can just say any which way. Yeah. So I got my card, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty wild because now my wife's like, you reek of weed, and I'm like. Uh, you mean I smell of my legal medicine? <laughs> I smell like medication, yeah. hun. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't discriminate against me for smelling of my pungent natural legal medication. Um, but yes, I was very, very high, as I oft am, because I am legally medicated. <laughs> and we were talking about, or I was thinking about how the, just how the truth is dead. Objective truth. Yeah. How it's just, it's, it's gone. And there are, there are so many depressing examples of politicians openly conceding that what they want to do isn't against the rules or that they, or that it is against the rules or that they they will do it. They're going to do it anyway. They don't have the kind of power. I can't do that sort of thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. And on the hopes that either whatever they want, whatever change they want to affect is completed, uh, before, any adjudication is made against them or maybe, maybe they get lucky and, and they win in court and they, uh, Oh, Hey, yeah. Now we've set this great precedent that you get to do the thing that you want to do, even though we have video and audio of you saying it's not legal. It's not okay. But the citizenry, like we don't mind. We, we have this court case going on right now and if you watch the unfiltered video of the court versus what's being reported by both sides of the media, it's staggering the information that you you don't know. You have people outside the courthouse that are protesting so loudly that purportedly you have jurors who are concerned about their safety. So how, how exactly a jury of somebody's peers is so just 
how it is something that is completely unrecognized by people who want to believe their ideology is so far beyond my comprehension right. that it's not even funny. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You pieces of shit. Right. Like, I d- dude, you fucking suck if you're doing that. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't give a fuck what you believe or don't believe. Like, you don't have to agree with somebody. You don't have to agree with the jury's decision. But guess what, bitch? Like, that's, that is how we do it here. Like, it's a jury of your peers decides. And if they've, it, you're not in there, one, you don't have all the information at your disposal. Two, so you're making, you're making this fucking broad assumption with no information that you know better than a group of people that are just fucking like you, you arrogant prick. Right. Like, wow, you're a dipshit. Well, and you know better than the people that were in the room, right? The that, people that. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. fucking bizarre. Yeah. Well, and and then the fact that it's okay to gather and try to sway people toward your opinion via loud intimidation, that scares me. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it, it's so much further than that. I mean, we've got, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too into it. It's so fucking depressing. But what, what actually happened in a given situation, mm-hmm. not the specific situation that we're alluding to, but what actually occurred in a given situation doesn't matter to people. And if you had told me when I was a child, although I admit that I'm naive and immature on a lot of levels, but if you would have told me as a kid that we would have access to all of this technology and all of this information and that it it would be constantly available at your fingertips and that the world would be so small that you can reach it from the device that you carry in your pocket. You can reach any corner of the world. Mm -hmm. I would have thought that, wow, how great is that going to be for the news? And how great is that going to be for solving crimes? And it's only used for the weaponization of information. Things are cloudier. Yeah. They're, they're more murky and convoluted and confused and, and honestly, deliberately so. I mean, you can't look at the recent Facebook leaks and hell, even the accusations that YouTube stopped streaming actual live unedited video of the aforementioned court case because it uh, didn't fit their narrative or some narrative. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to me. And and dude, I feel like nobody gives a fuck. You know, see, this is what's so funny about it. Like anytime we talk about this, I go to this like horribly dark place and I'm like, you know, nothing, nothing has ever happened instantaneously. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing that I'm going to say. Things happen over time and it's generally a great period of time that it takes for a populace to become fed up with things that their government is doing. Now, the amount of time that that is, I don't fully understand. And I believe we hit the reset button at one point in time here in this country, um, because we did become violent with our country at one point in time. Um, you know, you have a civil war where it's North versus South, like the country became violent with itself. Um, I, I'm surprised that they're, that politicians aren't afraid of that because that's real. Like that, that happens. It happens often. It happens around the world. Like it's not something that should be taken lightly. And the fact that you 
pretend that it hasn't happened here before, except for when it's to make yourself look good. I'm like, dude, that, that you're fucked, man. Like, what do you think happens when you continue down this path? We already know. And it doesn't end well for you. So are you hoping that your life will end before that? That you won't see the conclusion that this comes to? Like it there's a there's a there is a clear path there that you're headed down, and why would you continue down it knowing what's at the end of it? You get to fucking you're gonna meet the big bad wolf at the end, and that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible for the American people. Like I love my country very much, and I love my countrymen very much. Like if you're an American, you're good by me because we're the same. Like you are me and I am you. We are the same. And I think it's good. And to to have a ruling class now that acts without any fear of repercussion is so well, terrifying. I mean, the, the hypocrisy of getting constantly caught not wearing your masks at private functions that you know someone there is going to have a camera. And, and my brother put it very well, right? Because he, he brought up a point that I had not considered because I'm not particularly bright. But he's like, it's not the hypocrisy that's the issue. It's the fact that they don't take behind closed doors in private, they don't take COVID seriously, right? And they want us to take it seriously. And if it is an important thing that we should take seriously, then how come they're not taking it seriously? And if it is that big a deal, how many people coming across the southern border every day are being tested? But it's 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 not we, important you, to them to actually cope with. So on some level, I understand why people look at a situation and say, if you, the rulers, are not going to treat this as real, but you're going to tell me it's real, and you're constantly drilling into my head, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real. But at every turn, your behavior is the opposite of that. What are we supposed to think? Well, I, I think this is the thing that that scares me with it is that, I mean, you even said the words, you're rulers. Oh yeah. No, I don't call them the L word because they don't do that. They don't, they don't show leadership. No, but it's, you're not there to even be a leader. Like you're there to help guide a set of rules known as the constitution in the right direction for the people that inhabit the land. Like that's why you're there. You're not a ruler or a leader. You are merely a instrument for the Constitution of the United States of America. And to act as though that is not the thing that you are, like that is the part that is so baffling about it to me. Be what you fucking are. And when they're not, like this is this is why people don't trust them because you're not acting as the device that you were supposed to be. I can't boil it down any more simply than that. I will objectify you to this point because you deserve it. Yeah, the the amount of evidence that we have of reasons, of good reasons that we should have disdain for our government, it's it's almost insurmountable. And it's depressing to me. But any which way, I I don't, I guess I should stop paying attention to it or let it stop 
letting it bother me as, as much as it does. But I guess what I'm really, really fascinated about is when does the other shoe drop? Like when I am I'm, I'm waiting for this wake up, right? This, a reckoning. I'm waiting for society to be like, Hey, wait a minute. This has been some bullshit for a really long time. Well, you know, what's funny. So as long as propaganda can be pushed, it's less likely to happen. You mean as long as Facebook has control as, as, over... As long as there is the ability to feed propaganda to a populace, the likelihood of the populace waking up to the fact that their government is doing something that is unjust is highly unlikely. Well, and that's a, that's another thing that you can do, right? Like you can you can tell a lie... People can come up with a counter argument and say, actually, your lie is not true for these reasons. Mm -hmm. Your social media platform can say, actually, no, the counter argument people are liars. They're monsters. So you don't get to use your voice. So you you don't even – you're not even allowed to have the counter argument because it's so egregiously false – and then a year, two years later, it's the, found out to be true. It's found out to be true. So all the people that were silenced on the social media platform for actually saying the truth were silenced, while conversely, the people who are actually spreading the lie were able are, to continue to are, are promoted and propagate. Yeah. And then at this point, the truth doesn't matter. But the, it that's the damage the, is the damage is done. But it isn't like that's that's the part that's so baffling about it. The damage isn't done. You mean you mean it's not finished causing that's a, harm? That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. Like like I said, everything ends up coming to a head with this sort of thing. Um, now, how I I think I think with the ability to control media, it will take much longer than it ever has before. Um, societies were far more violent years and years and years ago because uh, you could only push so much word out to the people, and you could only there there wasn't a media to control. Right. You had a guy that would go out and holler in a town square. Well, guess what? He could get it too. Like they might cut that guy's head off and send it to a king if that guy was spreading lies. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you shouldn't kill a messenger though. No, but it, I mean, come on. Yeah. It was. It wasn't killing a messenger. It was sending a message to an unjust ruler. Mm-hmm. That's how people were looking at it. So, like, that's one of the funny things about it is it's like, yeah, you can, you can, you can manipulate information for a given period of time. And like, as as far as the United States of America is concerned, or any country in the modern age for that matter, like, you're we've been able to do so very well for a very long time um fdr was way more sickly than anybody let on like bad bad shape and basically unable to rule i i I read and heard that his wife was actually the one ruling the country from Hmm. the sidelines which is really interesting but so let's say something like that's the case and like you don't hear anything about this individual being sick or being unable to do something but we continue to allow them to act as a figurehead well that's that's ineffective, and it tells the populace that that is that our our method of um, of governing is not effective, because that means that who is supposed to be governing governing is not, and that's terrifying. So that means who you voted into office then is not the person that is acting as a political figure. 
Yeah, that that scares me. And and I mean, I've I always feel obligated to say so. Um when we're recording the show because you know people are think oh he's they're such right wing fascists i did not vote for trump uh either time however i would like to know who's the secretary of duty in charge of changing biden's diaper i you know what i don't owe anybody anything for how i voted and that's like one of the things that i think is so funny i've never voted for trump i could i like i couldn't in good conscience do it but i also couldn't vote for one of the democrats that was placed in front of me like i i could not in good conscience do that and then you had people that were running around like after the debates this year i think that was one of the most disheartening times in, in in my lifetime i watched two fucking grown men say stupid shit to each other like he called them stupid bastards. The president of the United States said that to the would-be president of the United States. And then the would-be president responded with, nah or something along those lines. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's, it was, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, and people were Googling alternative ways of voting or alternative people to vote for, but none of them did it because there's this lie that you... You're wasting your vote. Well, guess what? Your vote was fucking wasted by g- voting for the lesser of two evils. And like, I I will totally die on that soapbox. Yeah, I I don't even have. I'm I'm so over that debate with people that I don't even. I'm like, yep, you're right. Throw my vote away and just move on. I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna try to proselytize to you anymore to try to uh, you to understand how waging your opinion works. I'm well, not, I mean, are you that stupid? That's the part, like, that's really the only counter argument that I can make to that. Are you that <laughs> fucking stupid? I don't want to get punched. Dude, if somebody punches you for saying that, you tell me and I'll destroy them. Uh, oh, well, I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you. I hope they're- I'm getting old, man. I can't fight my battles fuck anymore. That, man. I will, I'll fuck that person in the butt. Well, now you can't say that. No, because... it, no, it'll, it'll be, it'll be consensual. I would not do so unconsensually. Oh, okay. Yeah, without consent, I would not do so. Good, because you can't do that. They would you be, can, you can't even they would joke be like... about that anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you can't. You can't joke about that anymore. That's right. Okay. We don't talk about things that other people say we can't talk no, about no, because that shouldn't. would be very bad. Yeah, no, we should not do that because it's not funny to do. It's not. It was. It was. You know what I found funny? There's this fuck this. My we've penis. already we've already fucking which I've started calling my nug, my 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 flaccid unerect penis. I just call it my nug. So you are <laughs> such a stoner now. <laughs> I think oh, you need I... to give your medical card back. Why are you saying? Because that? a nug is an unbroken down fucking. You know the the thing the thing of weed that you get. I've called. never heard that. So before you grind it up I or meant, break it down, it's called a nug. It's a that's nugget. A bud. The bud is a nug or a I've nugget. I've never heard it called a nug. Now my penis that looks mushroomy because it's a grower, not a shower. That's a little nug. So yeah, that's my little nug. It's so you're such a stoner <laughs> that you didn't even realize that these were stoner terms that you were coining uh, your wiener as. Like, <laughs> uh, that may be real life. No, um, no. Uh, so the thing that I thought was so funny about you bringing this up because we've talked about it on the show again is uh, you have this childlike thing. I don't even know what to call it, but this childlike viewpoint. And you're and you're like, how did you say what isn't? What? 
as far as people taking objective reality oh, and sure. saying the opposite. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I have don't. You, have you seen the movie The Invention of Lying? No. You need to watch it. it I... So Ricky Gervais is the main character. Yeah. And it's basically, there's nobody lies. Everybody says the truth all the time. So, like, people are dating, and it's like, oh, you're attractive, and I think you would be an acceptable mate because you have a good build. We should go eat food together so that we can begin the mating ritual. <laughs> and so Wonderful. Ricky Gervais, his mom is dying, and he's like, Mom, you can go to heaven when you're done with this. And she's like, what's heaven? You know, there's a man in the sky. So he basically writes down the Ten Commandments on pizza boxes. <laughs> delivers it to a people and then he tells them at one point he's like i said what isn't and they're like well how can you say what isn't and that's what you were just doing Mm. how did you say what isn't yeah how did they say what isn't and and how is it okay like how do we all get roped into i don't i just i just don't know what's real anymore and it it makes me feel mad like, not angry, but, like, insane. I don't feel insane for it. I feel heartbroken. Well, all right. Yeah. Then let's talk about, let's talk about fiddling while Rome burns. I, uh, the episode that I recorded with Seppi Yoon, which is a couple episodes ago, because I just dropped a new one. Uh, any which way. I recorded that episode. I went home. And I told my wife, I was like, you know, this was the first time. I mean, I I always enjoy recording the episodes, Mm -hmm. but I was like, this is the first time where I really thought this is what I want to do, right? Like this is something that I want to do well and get better at and was pretty, it was, it was an enlightening moment or I, I mean, epiphanies are not the right word. It's one of those moments of just profound clarity. And yeah. it's like, I was actually on the right path. So you yeah. actually then feel really good about the path that you were on. Yeah, that is precisely what occurred. And so hopefully um, that will be reflected in the quality of the content going forward. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm always trying to be a better speaker than I was the last time, but I still have those weird verbal tics and yada yada. But hopefully I'll, I'll start having more consistent releases, et cetera, because I don't know. I, I feel like I found... I found my passion for it. Even though I always wanted to do it, it didn't click before. You really do have to fall in love with being shitty at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like, you got to fall in love with the struggle. And that sounds like the biggest line of shit in the world. But it's like, it's so fucking true. Yeah, like if, no. If, if you fall in love with the parts of doing this that are shitty like getting to do this is so much more rewarding i've always loved the sitting down and talking portion of this even though i don't always do it i guess to the best of my ability like i've been totally shit-faced drunk and done this so you know not an appropriate time to be doing it but you still do it and like this part is so good now i hate i hate sitting down to edit i hate typing up a description of an episode and all that I, i it's I it's so tedious and stupid to me 
And like, I, I've recently come to the conclusion that I'm like, okay, if I want to continue to do this, that has to be something that I like, or at least that I can come to appreciate because tolerate's not what I want to do. I don't want to tolerate it. If you tolerate it, you'll eventually resent it, right? Yeah, no, I think appreciate the importance of the task is a really good way of looking at it because I too dislike audio editing and some guests are more difficult than others. Myself in particular, I hate editing because I know all of the weird things that I do. And during the course of a conversation, when I do something where I'll say the, 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 or what have you, I know what it fucking looks like on the audio meter and it's infuriating. And the way I speak, I don't clip my words like I'm doing right now. I run everything together because I talk like this. And so editing me sucks. And I will say things like so a lot. I do too. It, it's in f- I um so much. Oh, it's brutal. I'm like, um. Well, and, and some of those are good. No, some are appropriate. Because you need, and you need to have a natural flow of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't completely sterilize what I do, but it is a kind of bonsai. It's kind of a manicuring it, it's it's art. Well, it, part of it is There's being self-conscious. Yeah, yeah. You're being vulnerable. Like you speaking the way that we do and then sharing you simply speaking is so unnerving to see the flaws in your speech. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I actually, I game mastered for the Fear the Boot guys for the first time on the AP. We're doing this rotating game master thing, and I don't think I did a particularly good job. I mean, I'm not going to run myself down. I don't think I was terrible either. Right. Um, but it it that first contact with that group of people, yeah, I mean, I was very aware of what I was saying, how I was saying things. I'll go back and listen to it because I record myself game mastering for my home game anyway because mm-hmm. it's how I take notes now is that I'll go back and I'll listen to it at, you know, one and a half speed or two times speed and just make my notes slow down when I need to. I have to start doing that. Yeah, one and a half times speed and two yeah. times speed. I don't do that. Yeah, and it's it's quite helpful. It it's quite helpful in terms of saving time. And I will but I also learned that I repeat myself a lot. There are certain phrases that I use with regularity and I'm trying to break out of those habits. So it's quite helpful. You should do it. Yeah, I will. I, I you know the thing that helps me the most with that sort of thing is writing. Like my vocabulary expands mm-hmm. and everything because when you write or when I write rather, I'll see I'll see the thing that I'm writing and I'll have to go back and revise it because I won't like the way that it's worded or I won't like the word that it's next to. And in doing that, like I find myself speaking better. Hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I love I love writing. Love it. I love talking. I love the idea of writing. I love everything about writing except for the actual writing. The exercise of writing. Yeah. Well, I, I won't type. Mm. I don't like to type. So, so I, you're all notebook? Yeah. Yeah, you're all analog? I'm very much I always, analog. I always thought if I was a writer that I would be 
a spiral notebook right by hand, hand cramp up kind of person. But I realized, no, no, the typewriter, the typing is so superior in terms of correcting my mistakes, but more so the cleanliness of it. It, it might be, but there is something beautiful about being able to scratch something out. Like that's like art. You get huh. to you get to destroy something that was incorrect. No, that was a mistake, and that and scorch get, mark is a constant reminder get, of my you get folly. To do away with that mistake, but there is a reminder of that mistake, so that you cannot make it again. Whereas when you can press backspace and it just disappears, well, you may forget about it. Are you getting? Are you getting all sort of? armchair philosopher no, about... it's so, no i'm just telling you like for me personally that's how i like to do it like if you're drawing so when you draw if you're if you're doing some kind of artistry you're not supposed to actually erase a line until you've made the correcting line okay because the likelihood of making the same mistake is very high wow interesting so yeah i mean i can't tell you how many times i've gone back and erased the same mistake Right. So then if you write it in a notebook and then go to type it out, like yeah, you're doing more work for sure without a shadow of a doubt. However, yeah. you might you might be at the point of revision at that point that you can put it into um, you know, digital format or whatever. Because it, it, like you're supposed to write things several times before you call it finished, right? I don't know. I really don't. I I I'm the kind of person, but again, I'm not a professional writer, right? So I don't know. I don't often do a lot of rewriting in turn. When I do editing for myself, it's usually, did I miss a word? Did I miss punctuation? You know, sometimes can I have written this sentence better sort of stuff, but I don't do a lot of severe rewriting on stuff i never have maybe that's why i'm not a good writer (laughs) dude uh take a notebook for a night or two and uh, like journal in it you know i thought about that but then i it it feels good at the end of yeah i realized that i just i don't know yeah if i if i if i'm particularly upset or something like that i i can't do it in the heat of the moment but like if i'm in a bad place i can do it and i do I do come into something better in doing it. And I think there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot that's gratifying about being able to scratch something out that's a fucking mistake and write something else next to it and then maybe scratching that out because that was wrong too. Yeah, I think keeping a journal is probably a very healthy thing to do that I should have been doing for a very long time. I just never have. Get, dude, oh my God. So they, there's something called the Hero's Journal, or the Hero's Quest, something like that. But it's a, uh, it's a journal that this company's made, and it's made very nerdy. But it's to help you with goal tracking and stuff. That might be a good one to do for yeah, you. Yeah, that would be a good one because I, I mean, I'm certainly good. Like, I mean, just the nature of writing down in an appointment book that, mm-hmm. hey, I've got Monday night, I've got this, Tuesday night, I'm free. 
Wednesday, I have this interview and I have who wears a pants with Chris. And then Thursday, I have this interview and Friday, I have that interview. And I mean, that's actually my schedule this week. I'm starting to, you know, get stuff booked pretty regularly. But anyway, do you do it digitally like uh, your calendar? No, I do it analog. And that's why I should keep an analog journal. That's so funny because I, I love pens. I love paper. I love, I love the, uh, I love the untainted thing. So do you have a notebook like this? I mean, yeah. These are not exactly. But. So I you can get journal pages for these. Mm-hmm. Or not journal pages, but uh calendar pages for them. And that's fucking wonderful because mm. you can use it. It's like, not a bad idea. Yeah. You can have everything all in one. So you could have your your journal and your um your calendar, your calendar and, and what have you all in one spot. It's not a bad idea. I use so that's actually I'm DMing for uh, my brother and my childhood best friend and my kids, and uh, my childhood best friend's never played D and D, and for the last like two years he's been like, "Hey man, I think I want to play a game." So my brother came over one night and he's like, "Yeah," and he was talking about it. he's like, "I've been playing a lot," and I was like, "Fuck, dude." And I, I, I had like been thinking for a couple of days about these like celestial weapons and stuff like that for a D and D campaign. So it was just fitting. And I was like, "All right, I'll fucking DM one." And he's like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I've got these these guys running through this thing now, and it's it's been very fun for me. And uh, dude, the shit that you write down to DM with. It can take 10 times longer than you ever expected, or somebody can breeze past it. No, it's actually, you're, that's something. Controlling pace is tough. It is a challenge. It is an absolute challenge. So yeah, that's something that I'm trying to come to terms with. So I've designed this next portion of what they're doing because we're only doing it for like five sessions or something. Um, But I've designed this next part to be something that I can control the pace of a little better. Mm -hmm. So yes. Yeah. There's, there is something to be said about a group that enjoys a railroad. You know, there's something to be said right. about a and d group that just is happy to be strapped in and enjoy the adventure and go from point A to point B. Because sometimes as a DM, it can be like herding cats. It can be right. a bit of a challenge. And <clears throat> in my experience, oftentimes, particularly when you're gaming for a new group of people, obstinance is the thing that they want and just pulling you in different directions. It's almost like they're testing the new teacher. So I had them doing that to me during character creation. Yeah. That's where like this fuck offery was coming out. Mm -hmm. And then like a couple of times they tried to like poke the bears we were playing. What was funny though. So I made, I made a combat that they should have easily been able to do for the first session. I had three gnolls that are like level one half, or it's a challenge rating one half, and then a challenge rating two um, null pack leader. 
So that was the only part that they should have really struggled with. Now, the fighter in our group could two-shot the null pack leader. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm like, all right, this will not be a problem for them. They should do this with flying colors. I also let our warlock take on a minion, which is a level five thing, as a level one. So, like, I yes, yes. So he has a level five demon running around with him, but they they sucked so fucking bad. <laughs> That I had to intervene so that they did not die as a group in the first combat. Wow. They So this demon, one of them carries it around by the scruff of its neck. Okay. The warlock is a goblin and rides on our fighter's back. The fighter is a very large man, six foot four, like 300 pounds. Big fucking burly dude. So he's like Hodor. No, he's super smart. He basically oh. he's it's like fucking Superman. It's almost not fun how perfect this character oh, is. Oh, and this is what's so funny. So we're rolling characters, and John, my buddy who was making this character, he's like, "Hey, can I use a character that's inspired from a book?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" But you still have to roll your stats. Now I'm gonna let you roll four d six, drop the lowest number, and do that seven times, and you can drop the lowest stat. Wow, that's very generous. Very generous. He rolled all 11s except for one, which was a 10. I shit you not. (laughs) And he used like eight different dice. (laughs) So I I was like, man, they're going to be fucked if that's their fighter. So I'm (laughs) like, you know what, bud? Reroll. I'll let you reroll once, okay? Same rules for rolling, but you can do it. And he's like, fine. So then the fucking superhero character and he crushes, comes out and he's yeah. fucking rolling 17s and shit. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, yeah, because that's the, the thing about rolling. And I understand that there are many people who like the old school suck it, roll your stats thing. I love a point by system for precisely that reason. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason I used fixed fixed hit points and we don't roll HP so that your rogue doesn't end up with more hit points than your barbarian in the party because it's just right. fucking dumb. Right. Well, that's that's one of the things. I, I like the random part of it because real life is so very random. So, they, like, you get what you get. Great. I shouldn't have let him re-roll. But I was like, you know what, going into the first thing, like, that's going to be super helpful for him. So, or the first combat. Right. So, these fuckers try me hard. When they're getting their quest, they're asking for extra rations and all kinds of shit. And I was like, all right, fine, you get them. I knew that I was going to raid their rations. And that's what was going to start the first combat. I love it. Okay. So, I'm like, yeah, fine, do it. So, they wake up to their rations being raided. Um, Now, what they do with their demon because they can't really control him because they're not high enough level is the big brutish one sticks its horns into a tree for the night. <laughs> okay. It's hysterical. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're game with your kids. I'm in. I mean, my kids are starting the game next week yeah. because of how ridiculous it is. Awesome. Um, so they stick this thing and I, I make them roll for it. I'm like, okay, strength check, you know, go. Ah! Let's see if you can do it, bud. And he fucking, he's rolling like 18s and shit when it comes to that. When it comes to combat, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of threes and it's great. <laughs> so this this fucking character that's that you basically rolled a level three character on, okay? You should, you should have been able by yourself to kill all these gnolls because of just how OP your fucking character is. He can't catch a break, dude. So they're demons stuck in a tree. One of the party members goes to try to get it out to assist them. She 
is she fucking fails a roll. One of these gnolls grabs her and fucking crits her. <laughs> so she's laying on the ground. She had to do a saving throw with one attack from this thing, which was amazing. Saving throw. Okay, you're fucking not dead. Lucky you. Um, that thing's still stuck in the tree, and your party's still fucking fighting all these things. So they like go through this whole song and dance. I had to have some great intervention that was planned for after this because I wanted their food to get raided. I wanted them to be hungry and scared that they weren't going to be able to find food. That was my that was my purpose in this whole interaction here. They they were supposed to then cross this river, and while they were in the woods on the other side of the river headed toward these mountains, they were going to encounter a hermit who turned out to be a wizard who gives them a little friend to run along with them and show them where food is. Instead, this guy has to show up and fucking save them because they're weak dicks. <laughs> So it was ridiculous, and I was like, how did you guys fuck that up like that? Like, any one of you should be able to kill basically that entire thing because of how grossly overpowered I let you be. It was ridiculous. Well, and that's weird, too. But with 5th edition, I I guess, I mean, does everybody have amazing stats like that? Does the whole party have broken broken stats? One character has particularly broken stats, however... Another character that doesn't have crazy stats has a level five familiar. Right. That's stuck in a tree, though. Well, and that's why it was beautiful. Right. And that's the that's the interesting thing about the situation is that you you have this thing, but then because of the ambush and the situation of, well, we can't control it, so we're going to uh, essentially pin it to this mm-hmm, tree. Mm-hmm. And then when we get encountered, when we, the encounter springs, he's still stuck to the tree, which I think is a delightful way of, of handling it and circumventing the overpowered ally. Well, I still had an overpowered player that I thought was going to two shot everything. And he didn't. And he didn't. He shit the bed. Which is fun. Up. No, it was magical. But you then, you of course, I mean, you've, you've got to deviate because you don't want to kill. No, not everybody. on the first session. Like, I yeah. wanted one of them to maybe die and then get revived or something like that. I'm right. like, you know, let something cool happen here. No, a fucking wizard has to show up and save everybody's bitch ass and then teach them that, oh, you can eat in the woods. Bye. Yeah, see, yeah, I haven't had any deaths in my current D&D game. Um, because the campaign setting we're playing in does not allow for resurrection. And so they're much more cautious. But I think next game session may be the session where somebody dies. And unfortunately, because we're playing, we're, we're playing 3.5. And one of the problems with 3.5 is, is that when you start getting into the higher level encounters, man, it's pretty easy for an encounter to swing way too hard against the pc <laughs> is it is it uh math finder that you're playing no it's, it's the, actual three it's five the, yeah, it's actual three okay. five yeah because we're doing midnight and everything for midnight was three third five. edition or then second you know nice. second edition midnight was all three five stuff yeah, yeah 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 looks like your family's pulling up they are it's yeah. probably a good place to wrap then. It is. It's a perfect place to wrap. So the uh what's the the wisdom the word of the the word of wisdom is find your bliss. Find the thing that makes you happy and pursue it. I see, I would disagree. I'm kidding. I I hate that cliche. No, no, no I don't I, I I think that's good, but uh, like find the things that you don't like in that 
and learn to do more than just tolerate them. Yeah, no, I think that's actually great advice because I have gone from hating editing to finding at least some small pride in doing it okay. 